0: very clear unlike most not all but most other countries that uh, in probably the last 10 years your pasture harvest not just has been around that level but has actually been increasing and it'll be interesting to see if that momentum can be main, maintained in, in the future Because there'll be a, be a limit based on your on the capacity of the industry and the weather and, and the fact you've got to put you know cows largely indoors over, over part of the winter and the, these sorts of things.
1: Hello, I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and you're welcome to The Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's episode, international dairy consultant David Becker joins us to discuss the fundamental importance of analysis and benchmarking of your farm business to ensure you are maximising profitability and financial viability. Yes, look, I
0: the, my, the interest... I uh, always started with me uh, from the aspect of wanting to run my own businesses soundly and knowing that if you want to do that, you you have to understand the drivers of any business you're involved with, whether it's farming, which I've, I've primarily been involved with, but, but at times other businesses, software um, and a range of agricultural type businesses. Um, and I always well I realized that it was absolutely essential that I could analyze a business sufficiently uh, to pull out what were the key drivers that I as a manager of the business or people who I was working with would would concentrate on and and I, I guess from an early age believed it was it is in fact absolutely central uh, and it did mean over time i I formed the the view that the first thing not the third or the fourth after for instance on a dairy farm I'd I'd got quite good maybe at pasture harvest the first thing I wanted to to know about any business I ran or anybody else was show me the numbers show me the full financial and physical analysis of a business and if I have that then I can work out where to focus if it was my own business or some somebody else's and it was absolutely critical to being able to understand a business and drive it forward and And certainly in in my working life, whether it's my own businesses or or ones that I was invited into for some reason, it was always the first request. Give give me that first and uh, we can work out where we should focus if we wanted to become more profitable.
1: It's interesting you say that, Ron. run your business and it is a business and I think we are becoming more aware um, and understanding of you know cost structures decisions we make and how it impacts on our profit but at the same time we probably have a lot to learn and and a way to go on that but um, interestingly as part of the Dairy Conference you know you have presented some international work um, really nice comparisons um, between Ireland and our competitors internationally but um, one interesting comment you make is that you know the cost costs uh, or a cost of production are a risk to the business so tell us a little bit more about that statement or thought that you have
0: okay the the first I'll firstly say that the the, the number I want to uh, calculate or ascertain to start within any business will be the profit um, and it sort of makes sense that that's going to always be that first number but I'd, I'd highlight that that profit is defined by return on capital so for a farmer it's interesting potentially the profit per hectare or per cow, but the first, the core number that describes profit exactly is, is return on capital. Um, and that's uh, in simple terms really is what. Ig- ig- Ignoring whether I lease or borrow money for a business, uh, what's my uh, operating profit, excluding any financing costs, and dividing that by the value of all the assets I have have access to, whether I say I lease uh, own them, or the bank owns a fair fair chunk of them. Um, but the second number then wants to be quite different, and and the second number I'm after, which will tell me a different story to profit is cost of production, um, and it 's a critical number for a number of reasons, so um, it 's describing something different uh, to to pure profit profit and, and that profit number will go up or down with milk price and a whole range of factors. Cost of production would, would clearly would tell me what should tell me what the cost is to produce, for instance, each kilo of milk solids or each liter and it doesn 't actually tell me how profitable i 'm going to be, but it certainly tells me. How resilient my business is, or and as you asked, what the risk would be? Because I know that if I have a higher cost of production, I'll have a smaller profit margin, and when the weather changes or the milk price changes, I'm going to be more exposed. And if I have a lower cost of production, then then I'm more resilient. I can handle those. And and for an industry, it's absolutely critical. Uh, so I come from Australia. I have to admit where where we struggle with both our rugby and our dairy industry and uh, and our our dairy industry has not concentrated on cost production has developed systems that were uh, that concentrated more on cow production and no, we no longer have a, an internationally competitive dairy industry so so, I, although it's often hard to argue that anything's more important than under, firstly understanding how profitable you are, I actually rate cost of production equally important, and 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 I actually believe it should be focused on as much as as pure profit because it because if you do. You'll build a, a business, a dairy business, and an industry that'll stand the test of time, um, and uh, and be resilient and profitable in good and bad times. Less profitable in, in tough times when the milk price drops, like it has, but still profitable.
1: And and to you, then the the key drivers, as you see it from your analysis, that are greatest linked to low cost of production and and greatest profit. The the and and it's and I can say that I've I've done a lot of analysis and been.
0: Very fortunate over the years, I um, b- because I believe so strongly in understanding businesses, I, I, I built uh, software that farmers in multiple countries could use. So I've been very fortunate, and just through my work life to work to see inside companies. But I mean, see inside in ex- farms of all forms, sizes, large or small, different countries, and see all their numbers exactly how, how they're performing. So. Um, But when I analyse that data, it's it's not as though it's new or different to what your researchers here and um, have uh, analysed and and produced, and not different to say in New Zealand or not different to places that that, that have also had access to this. So it's not new, I think, for here. Is that we know pasture harvest uh, has easily the highest. impact on on profit um, and usually pasture harvest regardless of how much supplement you're using is likely to explain around 40 percent of any change in in profit and there's no other factors that are much more than half as influential as that on on profit um, so um, and but when we look at cost of production we, we change a bit but part, higher pasture harvest will, Help you with a lower cost of production, but what drives cost of production is your production system. So, the easily the most influential impact on cost of production um, is the production system that you adopt, meaning the proportion of pasture that you have in the diet compared to to supplements, and it's. It dominates the influence on cost of production. And that's the I mean, what underlines the huge strength I see here in the Irish industry and in the New Zealand industry is that uh, is it generally the industry's um and all their research and a lot of the focus has been on how to, yes, increase pasture harvest, but critically to also maintain a, a very strong high percentage of pasture in the diet. And it's, it's, it means that those are the two uh, countries that, that are most internationally competitive and that you can demonstrate
1: through any international comparisons. And, and just, I guess, to make sure we're all on the one page, your definition of pasture harvest... I think it's a very good question
0: because uh, because I'm noticing here that there's some uh, some lack of clarity around around uh, how to calculate some of the key ratios and it's, it's very good if if, if, um, if that were to be this case. So so firstly, pasture as a definition, a simple definition. So pasture meaning this low cost pasture that we're all after. Requ- it, it, the foundation definition is it means it's pasture that a cow can go and graze in situ. So no interference uh, with machinery between her eating it. That's why it's low cost. It's not low cost if we introduce machinery to it. So it's so pasture and therefore pasture harvest is pasture growing on your milking platform. Of course, if there's too much for the cows to eat, and you have to conserve it, that remains part of your pasture production. In fact, if it's any green feed, if you were to grow, you know, a turnip crop, for instance, or something, as part of your pasture innovation on the milking platform, that's actually part, actually, of your pasture production. Um, and that, but that's really key. So it means when, uh, when you're importing, as a lot do here, and I understand it's linked to the, the way land is held here, but uh, the fact that you often are importing grass I'm not going to call it pasture grass from your out farm back uh, to the dairy farm that's not part of your pasture harvest it's not part of your pasture production I mean you're doing it because you hope it's a relatively low cost uh, form of supplement a forage supplement uh, but any reasonable calculations is going to work out that it's lit- it'll be two or three times or more the cost of your Pasture, as as I've defined it, and and uh, so it's it's a it's a critical difference, and to make make sure that we we look talking pasture, and therefore pasture harvest, and therefore pasture percentage in the diet, it's the. It's really the green feed, primarily grasses, but pasture that that you're you're growing on the milking platform.
1: And I can see from the the slides you present at the Dairy Conference that, you know, Ireland is in and around seven and a half to eight tonnes utilised based on your analysis, which I would say is very much in line with what I have seen, Irish people present yes, yes. so uh, <laughs> yep. well done on that you know you're 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 spot on but and um, how does that compare with our international competitors you, you mentioned New Zealand is is strong yep. but you know I suppose where are we at yeah. compared so, to them and others so the
0: positive I think and and really the only way I was uh, I've tried to calculate it is based on your national farm survey and other data here so uh, I, I was hoping I'd be I would be not too much different to to, to what to what is also being published or, or put out here locally um, and and I think the key, by the way, that I'll show is that it's very clear. Unlike most, not all, but most other countries, that uh, in probably the last ten years, your pasture harvest not not just has been around that level, but it's actually been increasing. And it'll be interesting to see if that momentum can be main, maintained in in the future, because there'll be a be a limit based on your. On the capacity of the industry and the weather, and and the fact you've got to put you know, cows largely indoors over over part of the winter and the, these sorts of things. So, so it's an interesting. It's yeah, so seven or eight, and hopefully hopefully going up. That's when we look at elsewhere. Um, New Zealand's probably around twelve ton, give or take. Um, and and they haven't been improving that. What's what's interesting is most countries. Uh, and not improving pasture harvest and and basically the idea is uh, in any industry there can be uh, lost opportunities um, which are suddenly picked up and people get a bit smarter and and or in some countries they maybe had access to irrigation they didn't before and but but disappointingly, you could say internationally, what tends to happen is as long as farmers are, are aware of the opportunity and encouraged and wish to, to secure it, um, they, they can lift it to a certain level. But we're not seeing, you know, despite more or less nitrogen or a whole range of things, it's actually very disappointing when you look internationally at, at any uh, – it's almost impossible to spot any year-on-year growth even in, in very – good focused industries like New Zealand Australia's interesting but we, we I still think we're an, we're an interesting country because we have such a huge range you know New Zealand and, and Ireland have very narrow climate variations in reality um, so so Australia' interesting to study uh, for some good and some bad reasons uh, but part of it is we have a huge variation so Tasmania which is our only presently successful in this part of the industry still growing, um, and uh, it, it's it's of course got the kindest rain weather, the most rain, and it's it's probably up at ten or eleven tons, so well ahead of you. Um, of course, there's no there's no problem winter winter grows grows and your cows are all out, and so it's, it's more weather related. I'm not saying they they're more skilled than than I don't know if I, at all. Uh, but then uh, Victoria, the heart of the industry might be around seven or eight um, and then some parts where there's, where, there's, where there's ports down at say five to six and very successful con- dairy industries and, and uh, Uruguay and Argentina for instance are down around five to six and that's not because they're poor at doing this at all. I've lived and worked in, in some of those countries uh, but you know there's, there's only a small amount of rain. doesn't rain for a uh, best part of five six months of the year, it's much tougher as you get close to the equator at being able to grow grass. So it's very easy to grow and maintain quality in Ireland and New Zealand. So there's this huge range. You're 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 advantaged by the weather, it allows you to grow not just reasonably good amounts, but actually very cheaply compared to some other countries that have to irrigate, put on more nitrogen if they're allowed to, and do a range of other things.
1: And and you know you mentioned the. I suppose, the steady increase in utilisation over the last decade. And as you say, hopefully we'll continue on that trajectory. But I suppose there is a balance or a tipping point of, um, you know, getting grass utilisation right. And, you know, on a a very basic level, if you want to increase utilisation, you know, graze more cows, increase stocking rate. But then, you know, I I guess you you may get to a point where you've gone too far. So how do you know when you're (laughs) at that point? So it's uh a...
0: the the I guess the interesting thing when we go back a bit in time is is that um, once uh, farmers in multiple countries understood that uh, and we're going back quite a bit of time that you know if we get the fertil- soil fertility right and we get the the fencing and the water supply right um, that actually we learned many, you know sixty seventy years ago maybe in New Zealand for instance they learned very clearly that that what we needed was more cows. More cows actually allowed you to grow and harvest more grass because they maintained quality. and It was maintained uh, quality, allowed you to leave the pasture an ideal uh, position to regrow. And, and that was, and, and that, so that, those increased cows, that increased stocking rate led to more pasture production, more pasture harvest. And and it's the question, your question's so good because that's well understood, and But the issue is, and it's happened in a number of countries already and, and can be happening here uh, in some places, on some farms, is that where do you stop with that? Because what seems such a clear, and it is demonstrated relationship, that stocking rate has a really strong positive correlation with profit. And it's there because it has a strong correlation with pasture harvest the issue is uh when's, when's enough enough and and, and when is it when when is it too much and and so this the, the, so the why your question i think really is so good is the problem is if you keep stepping up in stocking rates sooner or later it's higher than is required to optimize pasture harvest and by and with certainty you're going to have to bring in more supplement uh, to maintain those cows at a sound level of milk production and that's the point that some industries went have gone to and gone past, and some farmers here will no doubt have. And the moment you do that, you, you've you already gained anything you're going to potentially gain from from increased profit from pasture harvest, and you start um, moving into the other area that we've talked about. We're starting to wind down the pasture percentage in the diet, and you will end up actually not... You will end up reducing profit, you'll certainly significantly increased cost of production and in fact there's now uh, growing clarity and evidence around you'll actually start depressing pasture harvest so starting to actually work against yourself for doing it and the Australian industry is not just Australian but some others are classic for looking at because they have been down this path well down this path and thinking that milk per cow was good we thought people were thinking they were doing right because they had enough cows to easily harvest what pasture did grow, but their cost of productions have gone up and have become full, fully uneconomic, unprofitable, uh, and not able to compete internationally. So where where is that that balance? And the the, the balance, um, I spent a lot of time thinking and analyzing and working on on this for individual farms and for industries and 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 uh and providing data on it and 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 so it's 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 firstly the point of optimum that we'll call it optimum cost of production and profit is is not a single place uh for an industry or even for two farmers uh farming next door to each other on exactly the same land. I know it sounds complicated as a result because as we we started with and talking about cost of production being linked to a risk aspect, I have a higher cost of production, I carry a higher level of risk. But if milk price and other things are in my favour, I might still have a similar or higher profit. So for instance, deciding where a business is going to sit in its mix of profit and cost of production goals as a personal one can depend on on the individual, on the age of them, younger versus older stage of, of development. But but uh, it's still going to be strongly, the foundation is going to be linked to long-term milk, the right place or the optimum place roughly will be linked to long-term milk prices, the factors of the business. Um, the, uh, the potential uh, of a farm or an industry to produce pasture and at what cost, and your cost for potentially for growing pasture is very low. The cost of supplement, uh, in particular concentrate. Now, Ireland, without doubt, has a very high cost of concentrate, um, because <laughs> it's a great country for growing grass and it's not a good place for growing cereal grains. Um, just like Australia is not good for growing grass, we've got to work a lot harder at it. We grow less of it in most places, but we're very good at, at growing grains. So so when you see some of those factors and, and a whole range of other costs, you. What, we, what I can say, if in general, as long as it's said in general is, uh, for instance, for the industry here and farmers in general, which probably... Um, there's going to be a sweet spot uh, or quite a large one, which may be somewhere in, in my calculations, how I calculate pasture and pasture percentage, might be somewhere between 70-75% um, and 80-85% pasture percentage in the diet is likely to be uh, where you'll optimise cost of production and profit. Remembering that I'm calling as part of pasture that outfarm farm grass that's being conserved. So my pasture percentages might be 5 or 10% lower sounding than what the industry sometimes would talk about here. And the issue then because of your mix of particularly very low cost of pasture and high cost of concentrate means your increase in cost of production will start to happen very rapidly when you take out, for instance, by my calculations, uh, until this is before the fertilizer prices all all went up and everything went up. But but as I'll show at the conference between say 2015, 16, and 2020. It, apologies, it's in US dollars because is how I, I do the comparisons. But your cost might have uh, averaged around sixty dollars um, US per kilo uh, per ton of pasture, and your, your concentrates in US dollars were over four hundred dollars. So when you start uh, taking out $60 feed and replacing it with 400-plus dollar feed, I could argue you shouldn't need lots of fancy analysis or it, that I might uh, like doing. It's you're just going to see those those costs go up very quickly, um, and and that's the part of the I know the challenge here at the moment for some is when milk price went up re- uh, last year so high, it, it could have looked like. Um,
1: some production system change may well still have made good money, but but that was a, pretty much a one-off. It's it's um it's easy and tempting to press the button in the parlour to to feed that little bit extra, David. You you must yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> oh, no. But uh, but when you when you um, appeal to logic and you talk about that sixty dollar per ton feed versus the four hundred dollar uh, ton feed, and and I suppose a, a comment then on that, you you mentioned the price of fertilizer would have increased. Um, now, there, people are moving towards reducing the, the amount of fertiliser they are spreading, um, particularly in chemical form. But uh, that decision, when, uh, for us, uh, urea hit over 1, euro a €1,000 a tonne, uh, people said, why well, we'll claw back, or, you know, they skipped around a fertiliser. But as you say, the evidence shows they maintained the level of concentrate and that also had increased. You know, I suppose a comment from the outside looking in on that... What
0: I can I've seen and heard from some of the data recorded here, I think, I think even more ac- accurately, the the fertilizer, independently of all the uh, regulations that you're you're, you're trying to uh, deal with at the moment, independently of that, fertilizer went down, and and actually uh, supplement and concentrates went up. So and the comment was, and I was dealing with these same factors, exactly the same price sort of changes, of course, were happening in every country in the world, uh, and I actually thought the best policy, very clearly, was no change to the to the nitrogen going going on, and if it's independent of any uh, regulations, that it's growing grass and made the grass a bit more expensive. Uh, so I imagine, I mean, it's quite likely that sixty dollars average. Could easily have been a hundred US. I mean, huge change. Maybe a hundred. Let's call it a hundred and twenty US. It sounds terrible compared to sixty, but on average, that four hundred dollars US a ton concentrate in the same year, if it had stayed at four hundred dollars, is complete. I mean, why, why would you take? Why would you use four hundred dollars to replace the hundred and twenty? And the reality was that four hundred dollar. Concentrate had gone had also gone up in price, so very many farmers did what many other countries did something similar. But but I think uh, I'm hoping I'm, I'm trying to say it was very clear uh, nitrogen was part of your production system to maintain a certain level of pasture uh, production and pasture percentage in the diet. And and that simple basis is it you know sixty dollars, a hundred and twenty, hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, we. You know um that same cost increased cost of nitrogen meant maybe that out farm grass that I'm calling it that's brought back onto the farm went from one hundred and fifty to two hundred and fifty dollars and I say the four hundred was four hundred and fifty. Nothing actually changed about the dynamics. Uh, the, the, my only advice to farmers I was working with was don't waste it, of course, just, Redouble your efforts to use the urea and everything, which you, you really advise people to do every year. Uh, just be as efficient and careful with how you apply it, so don't waste it. But, but unless you're going to take cows off and change your whole system, um, you, 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 you the, the, I believe the, the clear advice should have been maintain exactly what was planned.
1: And as you say, they're, you know, they're the principles of the farm. So they shouldn't necessarily uh, change, um, you know, particularly in relation to the ability to grow and utilize yes, pasture. Yes. I suppose to sum up, David, um, you know, I suppose you, you've shown us evidence that you really understand what's going on in the country. Um, but uh, you like our resources, and our capabilities, if you were a dairy farmer in Ireland, what would be the key principles of your system? Maybe two, three things that would be non-negotiables every year.
0: Every profit or economic driver is counterintuitive; is the opposite of what you, you would you, the, imp, the importance you would think. So, so that's why these business analyses are so important because you just can't gross margin or look at something in a shallow way. And if you do what th- feels right, it's going to going to mislead you. Um. So, so I break down. I want to see the breakdown of the business because I want to break it into four sections. Firstly, uh, pasture production, which is linked to your pasture harvest and cost of pasture and a range of things. Production system, which we've talked a lot about. These two: part, percentage of pasture in the diet, cost of uh, total feed, uh, and the two other section, two other parts of the business. Are, so, we need, we need to try and break a business down so we know where to focus. Is labour cost and productivity, which is a huge one. Not nearly as important as the first two, so you need to, I need to understand uh, how that's performing, what the cost is and what the productivity is. And the fourth block is what I'd call pure cost control. So not to do with pasture production, not to do with production system, not – I've got my – I want some ratios about labour, cost and productivity, uh, which includes the owner in that cost and productivity – and then I want to know about the core some core costs that are and and because the goal is to keep them really animal health breeding, um, let's say repairs and maintenance vehicle costs and a range of things. And if I see those, I, I know where as an individual farmer, if we talk about where to concentrate, I've come across many expert dairy farmers at pasture harvest, and they love being good at that. And, and actually, the weakness in their business as a result is probably somewhere else. Um, and if you see their analysis, you can immediately say, actually, you're doing really well there. But you need to concentrate now if you want to make take the next step and and what you're going to, how much money you're going to make, how profitable it is. And it's that. I know it sounds very, uh, well, very profit orientated. That's true. But it, but if you have a profitable business, you have choice in life. So that's the that's the beauty. You you have a business that's uh, profitable and producing cash. Then you have a choice. Uh, more choice around what you do with your life and how to bring up your family or or do do whatever else. So I want to see those four splits um, so that I can uh, see where next to move. And so the industry here generally is strong, particularly strong, on the focus on pasture harvest and the production system, uh, but not necessarily uh, understanding strongly where to focus more of the effort. And uh, and not necessarily having enough of the analysis or the ratios and enough businesses uh,
1: to make sure there's not a drift uh, away from, from what presently is a pretty strong situation. And I think that links back, David, to your point at the start, you know, running the business soundly. And, you know, your of comment is this idea of it gives you opportunity to do what you want to do. You know what I mean? A profitable business essentially has free cash and it gives you the power um, to, you know, look outside the farm business and, and, and enjoy life. I guess, yes. you know, you know, dairy farmers work hard enough, you know, during, during, during the week and across the year. Um, it's also interesting, um, I suppose, it's a great time of year to have this conversation because we are wrapping up the season and it is time to... We're not as busy. We're drying off cows, take stock and look back. Um, It's also the time of year that we complete profit monitor. So I I suppose this is a little bit of homework for (laughs) our listeners. And and I do know that, you know, dairy advisors are more than willing to help with completing the um, profit monitor. And it's just to to get, um, I suppose, an understanding of where your cost is at and maybe to look at you know, benchmarking versus the the average and the top. Where do you lie for individual costs? Do you want to do better? And it's to create a strategy in terms of how you will um, do that. And, and, you know, it it will lead to the long-term viability of farm businesses. Thank you, David. Thank you. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to David Becker for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review, and listen on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma Louise Coffey, and join us next time for your Dairy Edge.